Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13-21-91. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Righto. Keen to hear your thoughts. First cab off the rank is Joey out of Auckland. G'day, Joey. What did you make of it? Yeah, oh, just outstanding. Penrith were just, um, you know, they were only going to lose if they had a bad game. You know, Parramatta weren't too bad, but, but Penrith's defence was just unbelievable. And they, they all stood up and they deserve it. You know, the fullback, for me, uh, deserves to go on the tour. And you just put um, Trell Mitchell at centre. Uh, you've got to make you've got to make way for Edwards now. And the only guy I'd have as a, a million-dollar player is, is Cleary. Um, without a doubt, he is a million-dollar player because mm. he controls everything from them. But the problem is, Steph, when you when you try to cut down, shut down Cleary, they've just got other guys there. They've got the five eight. They've got the the um, the hooker. They've got the fullback. You know, and and even Brian Tolo, he's he's come on and leaps and bounds in the last two years. You know, put that little grubber kick through. I mean, that's just clever stuff. Um, you know, it's just unbelievable. Just think one other thing. Steph, if you can ask Maguire uh, today, Vincent coaching a side, like, he's going to coach the Kiwis, and they could easily win the World Cup. And yet he's had a side like the, the Tigers, who were just abysmal. I mean, it must be so hard. It talks in diamonds. It must be so hard as a coach. Just want his, his comments on, on how you get around that as a coach. Mm. Um, and, and just the last question quickly. Um, Auckland, if you put all the teams together in one and they played each other, we only finished seventh, Steph. I, I worked it out last night. We finished seventh out of, out of to make the top eight. We were the seventh team. And I don't think we'll beat Harbour. I really don't. I think Harbour will beat us. Um, you know, we, we finished on points, on points for, you know, um, the point situation. If you put them all in one in one section, we only finished seventh. Now, I think, I think that's four for Auckland, really. I mean, we're a better side. We're better than that. Yeah, I, I feel like what, watching North Harbour and Auckland, I feel like North Harbour is a more collective team, a more, I don't know if it's team harmony, but they seem to be 15 guys playing collectively uh, for a common goal, whereas Auckland, still a little bit of individualism in there, if I could say that. Yeah, the problem with Auckland, mate, is the defence. And defence wins your premierships, mm. and we, we leak too many points. Without, I know you've got other callers, so I'll leave it to it. But, but without, without, without a doubt, our defence is, is, is not up to standard to winning a premiership. And, that, and we will, Harbour will beat us. I, and I, I hope, I'm an Aucklander, I hope we do beat Harbour. But um, and as for Bryn Gatlin, just quickly, um, I actually rate him quite highly now. I didn't yeah. rate him that highly up until this season. But I tell you what, he's come on and leaps and bounds. 
He's been playing real well. I'm exactly the same as you. I really, I thought he was a bit of a tradesman for sort of two or three years there, but this year, both Super and um, MPC, I think he's he's really matured as a player. Really enjoy watching him. Yeah, without a doubt, fantastic. But I'll leave you to it. As I say, if you could just ask Maguire that question, what it's like to coach, you know, uh, as I said, a side that's been struggling, and then you get a side that possibly will go very close to winning the World Cup with what we've got. Mm. Fantastic. Brilliant, Joey. Always a pleasure, mate. Thanks for the oh, call. And, 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 and don't worry about um, one or two. They'll come right. Uh, eventually they will. Eventually they will. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Yes. Cheers, bud. Uh, we'll stay in Auckland. We'll talk to John. G'day, John. Yeah, g'day. G'day, Steph. Hey, that, that game of footy was absolutely spectacular if you're a Panthers fan. I mean, man, that team just... It, it kind of reminded me of how, you know, when the Wallabies turned up to Eden Park, it was kind of that mantra that the Panthers had that, you know, you knew from 10 minutes out they weren't going to lose the footy game. Mm. Um but yeah, it's, it's it's full testament to the players they have, to the coaching staff, to everyone. Uh, Phil Gould, who was there, who bring all those players through the under twenties program. Yep. Um, when when the Toyota Cup was around and they won it, um, I think Cleary went to school with um, Papali'i and Vunivalu at St Kennegan College. With me, he was living here with his dad. That's probably so, right. What, what do you make of the yeah. people that are saying, you know, Parramatta were disappointing, they just didn't turn up? I'm, I'm like, they did turn up, but they, oh. they just copped one of the greatest NRL teams in the modern era. Look, Parramatta weren't allowed to play, play footy, mate. Mm. Uh, I mean, every time they got the ball and they were 10, 20 metres out from the try line, they lost the ball because of the pressure that the Panthers were putting them under. Defensively, they were shot. I mean, uh, our our man Papa Lee, he had an awesome game. He always has an awesome game, but he was a one man one man band, bandwagon that you know during that game. Um, but just quickly on the Kiwis, I'm really looking forward to this World Cup. Eh? Oh, really looking forward. Same. To it. I cannot wait. Um, I mean, look how many good teams there are. You've got New Zealand, who are probably one of the favourites. Australia still in there. Samoa. I mean, Samoa, mate. They have to be one of the favourites going into this World Cup. They've got England in the first game. And I saw at the TAB that it's $1.85 each. Yeah, I saw that um, too. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Tonga, mate. And Tonga are awesome. And then you've got PNG. Man, PNG. They can rock you anywhere they can. I mean, I don't think Tonga's ever beaten PNG. So you never know. And then mm. you've got Fiji with all their players who... You know, you've got Coruscant, you've got Kikau. You know, this has to be one of the best Rugby League World Cups I've seen. And it's all because of the system. That It's all because they all play in Australia. Yeah. I mean, if you play in the Super League, you're going to get nowhere, mate. So it's all it's all the Australian system that's helping International League get up there. And I was right, cheers, mate. Good on you. There's John out of Auckland. I always look forward to seeing the Lebanon team because there's a bit of a... Lebanese community in Australia as well. I don't know who's in that squad. I might actually have a look at, see see what sort of names have been named into the Lebanon World Cup squad. Uh, didn't Robbie Farah play for Lebanon? Thank you, Sam, with a little nod. Um, and they've had some other good players as well. One more before the break. We'll go to Bruce out of Christchurch. G'day, Brucey. Staffy, hey, mate. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm going to um, congratulate Ryan Fox again on an outstanding um, final round and, and a win at the old course at St Andrews. 
Alfred Dunhill links. What a tr- old, old, prestigious trophy that is. And he shot a 68, I think, in the final round. And he had guys behind him, Alex Noran, he had Rory McElroy. Um, uh, outstanding. He, he just... Um, He's on top of his game, and he knows his target certain tournaments each year. And um, by hitting a long ball, even though occasionally it doesn't quite go straight, it just gives him that much advantage. But also, I mentioned this morning, the smithy, you know, it's pretty rough weather for a bit. The wind, he, he's amazing how he works out the wind. Yeah. And that's obviously because of the amount of golf that we play in New Zealand in windy conditions. And I'm sure positive that he... You know, just the amount of golf he's had to play in, it really helps him. And yeah. he he just is he he just has a knack now. He's got it mentally. He knows when to turn the screw. He knows when he's on a roll, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I I always remember where Michael Campbell was playing in Europe uh, many years ago, and Greg Turner yep. and Frank Nobler. I always looked up if what the weather was and if it was windy I'd back the Kiwis because a lot of them and particularly on PGA Tour as well if it was windy over there because the Americans play in pristine conditions 12 months of the year yeah, as, soon that's as, right. as soon as the wind gets up they go to bits whereas Cambo yeah. he used to get up and if it was windy he'd think oh it's my day it's my Rub day hands together mm. absolutely yeah and I, I think Foxy um, you know sets him up fantastically he can play in whatever events he wants in America but I think he'll stay in Europe. He doesn't quite have the, the top American golfers over there, you see, and it's, it's tougher to win events in the PGA. So, oh, it's, it's outstanding. I'm so happy for him. Mm. Um, and he just, it'll be great if him and um, Daniel Hillier can make his way through and, and join that that uh, tour next year and stay on that. Yeah, it'll be even better. Dan Hillier, I think, was fourth or fifth in the weekend, so he's now up to number seven in the rankings and the top top 20 get through, so I'm pretty sure he's he's locked in for next year, so it'll be cool to have two on the DP World Tour. Oh, really, really well. Um, Yeah, I just stoked, absolutely stoked. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a... It's a result of dreams early for him to win at St Andrews. He actually got second in that event last year, believe it or not. So mm. he, um, you know, he he did his homework. Mm. He was due. So, yeah, pretty brilliant. Well done celebrating him, Bruce. Well done. Yeah, mate. There he is, Bruce, celebrating Ryan Fox. We'll have a break. If you want to give us a call, your thoughts, um, the grand final. No one's talked about the referees yet. Um, uh I'm a bit betwixt and between about the referees, actually. Um, the bunker, should it be there? Shouldn't it be there? I think there was a stat earlier in the year, and since the bunker came in and they went to a panel of impartials, they said, how many did they get right and how many did they get wrong? It was about 86% was right. I don't think that's high enough when you've got the bunker and all the replay angles. Um but anyway, what are your thoughts on the grand final? 0800 150 811, midday madness till one. Looking forward to your calls. Just an update on the sudden death playoff at the PGA Tour. Uh, Sip Stracker hit it to about 20 feet for two on the par four. Mackenzie Hughes found the greenside bunker um, and he hit it to about seven feet. Sip Stracker two putted for four and Mackenzie Hughes got the seven footer. So, into. 
into the second playoff hole, still tied up. Um, now, where's Paddy's text? Staff, just remember that these Tier 2 nations will lose most of their players next year. The rugby league eligibility rules are ridiculous, and because it's a World Cup year, they're different again. Um, from Paddy. Now, isn't the rule that takes someone like Jason Tomalolo play for the Kiwis? He can go down to Tier 2, to Tonga, which he's done, but I don't think he can go back up. So I don't know if that's changed. I don't know if you know anything about that, Sammy, whether I think you can go down, but you can't go back up to Tier 1. But here's the thing for me also, Tonga should be Tier 1. Samoa should be Tier 1. Um, who is Tier 1? Is that New Zealand, Great Britain and Australia and that's it? Pretty much, yep. Why do they even have that? Well, the tiers are, are sort of ridiculous. Um, but I don't know, Paddy, like the eligibility rules, are, are they ridiculous? We're getting some of the best international rugby league we've ever had. But he's saying it's going to change and I'm not sure what it's going to change too. Well, I don't know whether um, they have a rule around you're allowed to represent it. It's like, a, I think, in a World Cup. You can change after a World Cup. So, for example, like maybe Tomalolu can go back after a World Cup, but but I don't think they will. I don't think it's about them just doing it as a one-off. I think a lot of them have made the call, like Joseph Suwali'i, for example. I don't think he's going to go back to the Kangaroos. I think he's well and truly picked some on, and that's what they'll choose. This is, but can this, he go back to Australia if he wanted? Uh, that I'm not 100%. I thought they couldn't. I thought that's part of the rules they couldn't, but... Um, the thing that we don't understand, Steph, and I said this to Kempi last Wednesday, well, me, me, you in particular, but there will be people out there who do understand it, but, you know, that that culture, particularly of the island nations, so of your Samoas, your Tongas, PNG, Fiji, et cetera, that culture, it's, it's not about money to them. No. It's never about money. It's a bit, They get more satisfaction out of pleasing their families and their communities than they do out of the coin. So you look at a kangaroo's, Play and I'm pretty sure they get like 20k for a, for a kangaroos test or something, 20 or 30k. You know, for, for a Samoa, it's pro- you'd be lucky if you get a thousand type thing. You know, mm-hmm. they are not doing this for money. So in that regard, why would they switch back? They're proud to to represent Samoa. So I think that ends up you end up getting a very very competitive rugby world rugby league world cup. The only people who are complaining about this are Australia and State of Origin. Yeah. Those are the only two people who really care because it affects them. And you watch State of Origin, you watch the NRL or the Australian Rugby League change their rules to say, oh, you can play State of Origin if you're playing for Samoa or Tonga. Because they, I still think that in Australian Rugby League, their pinnacle is State of Origin, not international. Mm-hmm. So they'll do everything they can to get the best players to play State of Origin. That's what I think. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with if you're born in Samoa or if you're of Samoan descent, you're playing for Samoa internationally, but you moved to Australia when you were 10 years old and you played your club football in New South Wales or Queensland. Why can't you play State of Origin, you know? Mm. I think Kimby's right in that State of Origin's going to change and it's not going to be what it is now. It'll change in five, ten years. All of a sudden it'll be, he calls it country of origin. I don't know how that works, but... It'll be something different. Where so do you think, is he saying it won't be Queensland, New South Wales only? Will they open it up to a Pacific Island team and a New I, Zealand I, team? I, I don't know what Kimby's talking about when he says that, but I think <laughs> what I think will happen is I think they'll open it up to say you don't, you can represent an international team outside of Australia, but we play, so Kiwis, if you play, grew up in New Zealand playing rugby league here, went through the Warriors system, played for the Warriors, you probably wouldn't be eligible for State of Origin. So someone like Fisher-Harris. 
Uh, well, yeah, born yeah, and raised correct. here, but went to Australia yeah. to play rugby. Hundred percent. Benji's another good example, right? Went over there for high school. Um, played over. I can't remember the name of the high school he played for. Then went into the West system. So um, he would be someone who would be eligible to play in, to, to play State of Origin and still play for the Kiwis if they change their. Because State of Origin is still relative. Like this isn't a competition that's been going on for a hundred years, right? It's still relative. It's forty years old, yeah. which is a long time. But it's, you know, I don't think it's steeped in a hundred years of history where you have to come from New South Wales, you have to come from Queensland, you know? Mm. Yeah. Give us a call on, jeez, uh, eligibility. That's interesting. So let's, let's. I've said grand final, but let's just make it rugby league. Uh, we'll take a break. We've got new sport and weather with Karen. I see you call there, Sean. Just hang around for a couple of minutes, buddy. And we'll be back with Sean and any other calls. 0800 150 11, Midday Madness, Rugby League till one. <laughs> They're on the second playoff hole in the PGA Tour. It is the Sanderson Farms Championship. If you've been following it, Mackenzie Hughes has just hit it to about six feet for birdie. And uh, Sepp Stracker has just hit it to the apron. So he's going to be about 20 feet. Keep you up to date with that. Back to the phone lines we go. The grand final, eligibility, whatever you want on the 13-man code of rugby league. G'day, Sean. Thanks for holding on. Yeah, no worries. Hey, um, unless the rules have changed, my understanding is that they can't change between Tier 1, but they can go up and down between Tier 1 and 2 nations. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of Australians go and play for, obviously, you know, whatever, you know, Tonga, Samoa and, and the likes, but will be eligible for Australia straight after the World Cup. It's a bit Mickey Mouse, but they're trying to... I suppose they're trying to make it a bit more um, user-friendly, I guess, for, you know... For the sides, um, that's not why I've rung. Um, why I've actually rung is obviously the Penrith juggernaut, which I can't see um, stopping anytime soon. I had some some concerns for rugby league actually, because you know my understanding around the way that the salary cap works is clubs like the Warriors and the Tigers and that they have to use. I think it's about ninety percent of their salary cap, so you, you you end up getting players that are overpaid. And with there being obviously, um, you know, no, no system as far as a draft system, um, we're finding the top sides, you know, getting stronger. Now we know Penrith, you know, we know Penrith have obviously got an amazing junior talent, um, you know, winning all three grades. Um, I bet they're sort of kicking themselves over Ivan Cleary and the fact we could have both the Clearys uh, with the Warriors. But I, I, I have serious concerns because, you know, with there being no trade system, there, there's nothing, you know, even if one club had, you know, an unlimited salary on one player, might share the tonne around. But, um, you know, let's be honest, the Warriors aren't going to, you know, get, get, you know, recruit their way out of trouble. And I don't think the domestic competition is probably good enough for instant success. So I, I, I do wonder, you know, uh, you know, what this competition is going to look like in four, five, 10, 15, 20 years um, when, when you've basically got, you know, a salary cap that's uh, uh, fairly flawed in my opinion. Yeah, the interesting thing is, like, let, let's say you've got a $300,000 player at Canberra, right? And Penrith offered him two fifty, and the Warriors offered him three fifty. Where does he go? Where's the tipping point for performance and team and culture and all of that and money? And you're right. The teams down the bottom, Gold Coast, Wests, Warriors, have to pay over. So you're paying for a player and hoping you can make them into something special. Yeah, so unless you can actually produce players, 
players, which you know, like even in New Zealand with the massive catchment areas, we don't have we don't have the domestic competition to actually get them ready for NRL football. That's been proven. I mean, unfortunately, there's just a history of, of players that that have you know been brought up through the world and gone elsewhere and been better players. I don't think our coaching probably you know good enough. I mean, all good luck to to Edster. I hope he's amazing. Um, you know, because we would all like to see that, but. I think it's a lot deeper than that. You know, the way the competition is is made, the you know the strong Sydney clubs, the likes of Melbourne, you know now the likes of Penrith, you're going to find that those sides are always going to be in the top four, top five. Whereas a truly, you know, a, a truly instant competition, in my opinion, is a competition that shares you know the premierships around. And mm. I can honestly see Penrith having you know having a stranglehold on the the you know, potential. You know, they're going to be in the top four probably for 10 years because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, people will just come for less. And, I mean, as long as you've got the best bar in the world and, put, you know, we've, we already know that that's a, a massive difference. Other players are going to come for less money because, you know, the idea is to win premierships. So, I mean, I don't know what that does to the likes of the Tigers and, as you say, Gold Coast, the Warriors. I mean, I mean, I mean how do we make it that those sides have, you know, a glimmer of hope to, to get a star player? Because, you know, the Warriors have not had a star player since Roger Tuivasa Sheik, but I mean, the, the talk is if he does come back to rugby uh, league, he won't come to the Warriors because we can't afford him because we've spent overs on players that are bit part players at best, you know, and, that, and that, that's the sad part about it. Whereas if he had an unlimited salary cap on one player per team, it means you might have the option of, of bringing someone like that back and every, every club would have a marquee player rather than... You know, you look at the likes of Melbourne, you look at the likes of Penrith and, and vice versa, all those clubs have three or four marking players, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a fair bit of work to be done. Mm. Great chat, Sean. Thanks for calling. All good, Daffy. Catch you, mate. Cheers, buddy. Sean, out of Auckland, we'll go to Parapara Umu. Talk to Zane. G'day, Zane. G'day, Staffy, mate. Good to talk to you the first time in a while. Yeah, good to hear you. Yeah, mate. Um, hey, um, interesting, actually, um, Sean's discussion here kind of took me off on a bit of a tangent in my own mind of what I was actually planning to talk about. Um, first point, like, you know, grand final, Penrith, absolutely relentless, bloody. Reminded me of the ABs in that um, prime period we had a few years back where they were just a level above everyone else, and I think they showed that, you know, Pen- uh, uh, Eels probably were the second-best team in the comp, but light and day, light and day different. Um but yeah, the eligibility thing you're talking about there, for me, it's just such a convoluted argument mm. that the Aussies are saying they don't want Kiwis and Poms in the state of origin because it ruins the integrity of the you know state versus state thing. Yet it's at least a third of the players are this year playing for Island Nations. So for me, I think the answer is if you're in Australia from the age of 13, registered with the ARL, you sign a, um, a document saying which state you align yourself with and pretty much... After that, you play for whichever country you want um, Otherwise, it just gets too convoluted for me. Yeah, yeah. It's too many governing bodies. Too many governing... Like, there's World Rugby League, there's Australian Rugby League, and there's the NRL, and they all want the best players playing for them. That's the problem. Well, the problem is the World Rugby League's got nothing. It's the, the ARL and the NRL's the ones with all of the money, so they pretty much dictate everything. They'll do what's best for them. But um, And that kind of leads me on to the, the topic Sean was talking about with the um, cap. I think Penrith is a clear example of the only way to build sustainable success is through um, development, not recruitment. Yeah. 
you've got maybe, you know, the, the Melbournes, um, what else, East, Penrith, are probably the main clubs who can recruit based on reputation now and pay less to get people there. The rest of us, we just have to learn to, to develop like Penrith have. You know, 10 years ago, they were as bad as the Warriors. But, you know, they won every junior comp this year plus the top comp. And I think that we've got the ability to do that now that we're getting our own teams back in the, the um, two or three junior comps from next year. It might take, you know, three or four years. But um, that's the only way we're going to get success. We'll never be able to buy it. Mm. I almost... I want it to take four or five years because if it takes one, it won't be sustainable because that'll just be checkbooks and getting players at the top. And I, I just think four or five year development will be more sustainable for another four or five, won't it? Because you, you're developing 100%. something. Yeah. Cool zone. Webster there is behind that development at the parents. So it gives me hope. <laughs> we've always got hope, mate. Always got hope. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. That's about all we've got sometimes, isn't it? Hope. Uh, one more before the break. Graham, g'day, bud. Hi, mate. How are you? Very well. That's the story. Um, Penrith, why are they so good? Um, well, it was only three years ago that we were saying who the hell was going to be able to beat the storm. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a professional thing going on. So, um, but, um, you know, imagine if um, you look at that um, New Zealand League team that's just been named. Imagine if we had those players all at the Warriors. Oh, you... amazing. <laughs> It'd be amazing. I know. And it's their competition that does it, mate. It's, that's what it is. We haven't got their competition. You know, it's a development ground over there um, and the professionalism of all the clubs and all that. But, um, yeah, I 100% agree with you with Bryn Gatlin. Um, did you see his little um, kickoff um, um, from halfway? Yeah. He just... Just thinking. He is thinking, thinking, and he is fitter than he's ever been by the looks. Um, but um, I was going to ring you last week, and because um, um, last week, before, before before last weekend, Auckland played uh, Canterbury, and a young reserve came on for Auckland. I don't know whether you saw it, a guy, Tipuni, and they said the 19-year-old for Palmerston North Boys High School. Oh, don't start talking to me about leakage out of Palmerston North. Nine Nine schoolboy players are leaving Palmy, most of them to Canterbury and a couple to Hawke's Bay. Far out. Mm. Yeah, well, this guy was, t- I think they said he was a reserve hooker, um, but he came on for uh, for a bit and uh, yeah, it looked all right. 19 years old, Palmy's all right. Yeah, it's a great breeding ground. It's a great breeding ground, but they leave school and they leave Palmy. Uh, mind you, I did as well. <laughs> Good man. See you, buddy. Graham, uh, usually out of wire rapper, not sure where he was today. We'll have a break. We've got three calls on hold. Uh, just stick with us, team, and we'll be back after a break. Welcome back in. Uh, we're going to Dunedin. We're going to talk to Dino. G'day, Dean. Yes, yeah, Steph, good to hear from you. You too. What a weekend, eh? Huge a weekend. weekend. I, I loved it. Same, mate. Same. I mean, the, the, the Stags didn't have their best day out, but at the end of the day, that's, that's the way it is. We'll accept that. They've had a pretty good season, really, considering. So they'll build, hopefully, and um, just get stronger. But for me, the game that just blew me away was the Waikato Bay of Plenty game. Like, the passion in that game, it, was, it just sums up why the MPC... I don't know if we need Super Rugby, mate. I, honestly, that just... I couldn't believe why Cato come back like that. Like I thought they would, but I, you know, you don't actually believe it until you sit there watching it. And this is going to happen. Mm. And then D-Max, the kicker conversion, 
if that's not the World Cup starting 10, I'll eat my hat. That's what you want. That's the same sort of pressure. You want that kick going over. Mwanga, him, that'd be my 10. I, I loved it. And the grand final, that's what it was all about, was just getting to the grand final. But I support Penrith, so I suppose I was over the moon with the way they played. I don't really follow much league, to be fair. I, I love the grand final. I, I watch every state of origin because it's just next level. But the performance of that entire team... And that one tackle that we fullback done, and to see his teammates come and grab him, yeah. that's why we watch sport. That's why we play sport. But the thing that I really noticed, I don't know their names. Like I say, I, I got the jumper, so I support Penrith. But the number 10, I just thought he had a hell of a game. But the arms on him, like, I don't know. Like Joseph Parker, for me, I don't know what sort of training he does. Or, like, he's tough. He's He's got to be tough. But he... That number, I want him to look like that number ten with the same ability. And then, oh my God, we got we got a serious title something there. Oh, he just doesn't have any definition in his arms, and he's got a big bunch. I don't quite understand the training or how he looks the way he looks. You know what I mean? Like that number ten for Penrith. Mm. Put Joseph Parker's boxing technique into that guy's physique, yeah. and you've got something frightening. Yeah, he's always struggled to put muscle on, and I don't know whether that was an intentional not put muscle on, because that's been a criticism of Anthony Joshua over the years, he's too muscle-bound, because you lose a bit of, bit of speed with being muscle-bound, and um, I guess Joseph Parker, um, he's never had a big chest. He's never had a defined chest, Joseph Parker. Oh, still an incredible New Zealand, like I'm proud of. Like, we're so lucky, Like we've got young Ryan over there doing what he's doing, and he just, he does it, Almost with nonchalant ease, if you know what I mean. Like he's not big headed, he's not big noted, he just if he has a bad day, he just hand up the air, I didn't go so good the back nine, I was there and ah, that's what it is. And he gets up the next day and he has another crack, you know, like it's it's just good to see now that he's got a bit in the bank that he doesn't have to worry about the family so much, he can sort of concentrate on just doing what he's damn good at, you know mm. what I mean? Like he doesn't have that I don't know, I mean he's gotta to go to that other boy thing, whatever it is, and just cash his chips and I would have thought, but <laughs> he's still incredibly well. Yeah. Now, don't you think? Like, I mean, it's I wouldn't blame lucky. I wouldn't blame him if he if he did. I think in um, I think in four or five years, uh, the stigma around LOV golf won't be there as much as it is now. But Dino, we've got one more call to get away before a break. Good to hear from you, buddy. Um, and one more, and that is our weekend reporter. Zaid, the life member. G'day, Zaid. G'day, uh, Staffy. Um, yeah, Auckland uh, split their way into the finals, but um, if we're gonna, uh, we've got to shut down Salir and Sidney Um Those guys have just been insane this year. They do pretty much have the best back three in comp, Sean Stevenson as well, to add. But, um, yeah, Auckland, they had a mad comeback in the weekend. They were down 17-3 and um, came back to win 30 
But you did say there is a team, I don't know if they can beat them right now, but they have been the best for the last few years. Maybe the Panthers have overtaken them, Was has been the sport, obviously, but maybe the Panthers have overtaken them now. Mm. Um, and uh, there was um, the, the New Zealand women's football um, goalkeeper yesterday for Aston Villa. She had four saves, four penalty saves in the game. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was on the news last night. And yes, she saved four four penalties in a penalty shootout. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I don't know if anyone's Aston ever Villa. Anna Leet. I think her name was. So I don't think that's ever yeah, yeah, been. That's a, yeah. I, I don't know for a fact, but I'd be surprised if that's ever been done before. Uh, remarkable, remarkable. Yeah, uh, Zay, nice. we've got 30 seconds left. Did you watch UFC yesterday? Yeah, it wasn't the best. No, it wasn't a great card, was it? I think you should have submitted her, though. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. All right, buddy, we've got a scoop. Thank you. Awesome to hear from you. Zane, our life member on Afternoons with Staffy, brought to you in association with Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Back in a moment. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.